Ruth, the book of Ruth chapter one reads as follows. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem of Judah went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of this man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi and the names of his two sons were Milan and Chilion, Euphrates of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the county, the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband died and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab and the name of one was Orpah and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there about 10 years. And then both Milan and Chilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. And then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return to the country of Moab. And she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. And therefore she went out from the place where she was, she and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go, return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. And so she kissed them and they lifted their voices and wept. And they said to her, surely we will return with you and your people. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are, you, are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have And if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them until they are grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods, return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you nor turn back from following you, following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. And the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me. And then she saw that she was determined to go with her. She stopped speaking to her. And now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? But she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned and Ruth so Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess her daughter-in-law with her returned from the country of Moab and now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade but the word of our Lord stands forever. Let's bow for a word of prayer. God, as you have already made yourself evident in this place, we ask that 
wherever we are and whatever is going through our minds and our hearts, that you will silence any voices in us in this moment, that we may be keen to the sound of your voice, that we may hear and receive, and that we may leave this place full such that we may have food, that we may be able to digest, that may energize our bodies and our spirits in such a way that we may follow after you, that we may follow in your example, that we might say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Many of you may know a man by the name of Henry Nouwen, and he has a quote that I will read that says this, when we honestly ask ourselves which person in our lives mean the most to us, we often find that it is those who instead of giving advice, solutions, or cures have chosen rather to share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand. The friend who can be silent with us in a moment of despair or confusion, who can stay with us in our hour of grief and bereavement, who can tolerate not knowing, not curing, not healing, and face with us the reality of our powerlessness, that is a friend who cares. A man named Mimelech lived with his wife and his two sons in Bethlehem, which would later become the birthplace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It was in the land of Judah. And there was a famine in Bethlehem. And so Elimelech decided, hey, we're not gonna keep struggling, we can move. And so he took his wife and his two sons, Milan and Chilion, and they moved to the land of Moab. Well, shortly after they arrived, Elimelech died. Well, his two sons took on two wives from the land of, of Moab. They took on Orpah. Many people read it and they think it's Oprah, but it's Orpah. And um, Ruth. And so they lived for 10 years, seemingly without any kind of problem. And then after 10 years, not one, but both of her sons dies. Naomi finds herself in a foreign land, having lost both her husband and her two sons. Now some of us may know the gut-wrenching pain of losing a child, and some of us may know the gut-wrenching pain of losing a spouse, but very few among us would know the really excruciating pain of losing both a spouse or a partner and all of your children. Ruth is in a very dark and heavy place. And so she has heard that things are better in Bethlehem even though she cannot see the light of God in her life in any way, she says, well, you know what? I at least know the customs back home. I don't have any blood relatives here. I'm going to go. And originally, she and her two daughters-in-law take off and begin. But she kind of comes to a realization that I can't provide anything for them right? Still a very patriarchal kind of space. They needed a man to oversee them and or to provide for them. And so they were like, she was like, look, you all, I love you, but I need you to go back to your mama's house. And I need you to find a man there because I can't do nothing for you in Bethlehem. And so they break out wailing and crying, right? A testimony to how close knit these three were. In fact, she calls them daughter. The passage refers to them as daughter-in-law, but Naomi calls them her daughters. She says, no, look, I, I, I can't. I need you to go back and may God show favor to you, even though God show hasn't shown favor to me, right? She's a little bitter. 
He, she says, because you have dealt well with me and you have dealt well with those that I love who have died. And they said, no, 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 we will go with you. And finally, Orpah kisses her and she says, okay, I will go back. Orpah goes, but Ruth clings. Ruth is the one that's like, you know what? Why don't you just do what she did, right? The one that you just can't shake. Ruth says, no, nah, I'm going with you. She's like, no, look, Orpah is going. She's like, what you going to do? You going to wait for me to marry again? I'm too old to marry. And even if I did, if I married today and had a baby, you going to wait for him to get grown and then marry him? No, you need to go with Orpah. She says, no. She says, where you go, I go. She says, your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you lay your head is where I'm going to lay my head. And where you die, doggone it. I'm going to die there too. Now, this is a friend, y'all. This is, this is a next level friend. I got some friends that I love. I just don't know that I want to die where they're going to die. <laughs> Unless they're going to die after me, then I might want to die where they're going to die. And so Naomi says, okay, you know what? There is no way in the world that I'm going to convince her otherwise. Just, just come on, just come on. Just know that I'm in a bad mood and I'm not gonna you know, shake it anytime soon, right? I'm in a dark place. And so they make their way to Bethlehem and because this is such a small town, right? Because this is such a small town, word travels quickly and the women are like, oh, is that Naomi? Oh, we ain't seen here in a month of many years. That is Naomi. And she catches wind of it. She's like, mm-mm, don't call me Naomi. That's not my name. Because Naomi means my joy. She says, you call me Mara, which means bitter. She says, because God has dealt bitterly with me. So don't tell me that my name is supposed to mean joy when all of the people I love have died. And so for those of you who haven't read the book of Ruth, you know, this is a good little taste of it. Sometime this week, just go and read the rest of it because I will allude to some of it, but it is truly um, a beautiful account of two women that we've heard so much about growing up. You all, friends are always family, but family may not always be friends. And I think it's important for us to spend just a little time looking at this passage around what it tells us about friendship, because friendship really can make the difference in our life. I mean, it changes the quality of our life. I think it is steeped in what it means to be in community. I think it is steeped in what it means to be the church, to be friends, right? So all this research has gone out a few years ago around um, sticky church, right? So what, what is it about churches where people want to go and they stay? You know, they're not a revolving door. And most of the time, it's, we find friends there. We find people that we love, that we want to be with, that we want to do life with, right? Friends are always family. And so I think this passage highlights for us a few things about friendship that I want us to name and then we will, um, and then we'll wrap this thing up. The first thing that I think this passage tells us about friendship is the difference between like um, the kiss versus the cling. That there are some relationships that are only for a season or for a short time, but then there are other friendships that are for um, the duration of your life. And you have to understand this, we have to know this, that all friendships are not just gonna be forever, that some are very much seasonal. 
So for those of you who know me, you know that I have spent most of my vocational career in and out of like the local church and the collegiate setting. And so I can't tell you over the years how many college students I have sat with and been with who spend a semester or a year away at college and they come back and they find themselves in my office and they're struggling because they said, I went home and people are saying I changed. And I didn't, I'm still me. And I think to their surprise, I look at them and I say, no, you, you probably did change, you know, just a little bit. Because why? Life changes us. And there are specific situations or experiences in life that are designed to change us, one of which is higher education. As a matter of fact, I would say if you're not changing in the way that you think, in the way that you perceive, in the way that you see the world, you're wasting your money, right? I said, no, we do change. I said, but here's, here's the grace in this. Many of life's experiences change us. Whether we're experiencing highs or lows, new jobs, new relationships, right? And then there are things like school that are also designed to help us change discipleship. If discipleship isn't changing the way that we think and perceive the world, it's not doing its job. Therapy is designed to change you. If it's not, find another therapist. There are others. Marriage, parenthood, right? And so there are things that are constantly changing, which means that we are moving in and out of seasons. And sometimes there are seasons in our life where a friend will show up and that friend is so close and that is who we need to be with. But then for some reason, our lives shift again. And though if I see them, I'm glad to see them, but I'm not just having this long-term relationship with them. Sometimes friendships are seasonal. Sometimes they're geographical. I moved. You're no longer living close to me, right? So there are many relationships that are very seasonal, and they serve the purpose. And so we see that Naomi had to do what? She had to be willing to kiss Orpah and send her on her way. And I'm sure that Orpah left and went to her mama's house, and I'm sure that Orpah was what? Very, very sad. It didn't mean that she didn't grieve that relationship. It doesn't mean that she didn't miss them. It just meant that that was just for that season. And she had to be able to take what she was able to get then and know that. But then there are other relationships that are for the longevity, the roots, the cling. And the reason we have so few of these is because we don't have enough energy to pour into all of these. These are the ones that take time, y'all. These are the ones where we ride or die, you know? We are ride or die, I'm gonna pour energy into you you're going to pour energy into me, and it takes time. So we don't have a lot of space and energy to give to these long-term relationships, which is why we usually have just one or two, right? But this thing is very fluid. So if you don't get anything else, I want you to hear this. When a friend is with you, cherish them. And it's okay if the seasons change, but it's also okay, okay for you to stick with a friend that you know I'm just gonna ride or die through all the changes. And so it may be helpful sometime today or this week to sit and ask yourself, are there friendships that really the season has shifted and the way I'm supposed to be relating to them should probably be different. It doesn't mean I stop loving them, but I'm still holding on. Or are there friendships that I let go of that I probably should have clung to? And then invite God into that process and pray. The second thing we find about this passage is that there are friendships that we sometimes miss because of our own bias. 
there are friendships that we miss because of our own bias. I talk a lot about bias, and the reason I talk a lot about bias is because I think we underestimate how much our socialization impacts us on a regular basis. And if we aren't constantly naming it, we will be constantly ignoring it, okay? We have been shaped and formed to believe that difference is deficient, particularly when it pertains to dominant society or our dominant lives, right? So this idea that anyone who's different from me in some way is kind of deficient, even if it's implicit, like I don't really think it, but you know, consciously, but that's what I, I really believe, right? So people who are not just different in race or in gender, but people who may be different in terms of religion, who may be different in terms of socioeconomic status, who may be different in terms of sexual orientation, who may even be different in terms of personality, right? The folk that get on your nerve in your office, you be like, ugh. Here's what we see about Naomi and Ruth that is so beautiful. They are very different. They are of different ages and generations. They are of different ethnicities and cultures. They have different religions and different family backgrounds. They are very, very different. And yet, they are so incredibly close. There is a story that I grew up hearing as a young child called um, about this little red lighthouse that used to sit on the side of the Hudson River and it goes something like this. There was a little red lighthouse that sat on the side of the Hudson River and he was so incredibly proud. He would call to the ships of the sea, warning them around the dangerous rocks on the shore. And his light was so bright and it would turn, flash, turn, warning, danger, danger, rocks are nearby. And some nights when the fog would be heavy, he would have two voices. He would have his bright light, danger, danger, and he would have his horn, warning, warning, in case they could not see his light. And this little lighthouse was very, very proud. He says, I am so important. What would the ships do if it weren't for me? But then one day he saw groups of men and women coming to build this big, big artifice. He saw them bringing in materials and day after day, week after week, month after month, they constructed and they built 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 and they built, and they built until there was this huge great gray bridge spanned over the Hudson River. And that little red lighthouse looked up at that gray bridge and he felt so small. And when night fell, he looked up at the top and he saw a light two or three times the size of his light. Turn, turn, flash went the light. And this little red lighthouse felt so insignificant because that bridge was so much bigger than him and so much brighter than him. And he says, oh, my light isn't needed anymore. And so the night fell and he didn't shine his light. And that night fog fell and a storm came and he didn't blow his horn. And there was a little tugboat, tug, tug, tugging down the road, down the river. And it looked for the light of the lighthouse and it listened for the horn, but it couldn't hear it and it went bash on the rocks of the shore. And the great gray bridge called down to the little red lighthouse. He says, little brother, little brother, where is your light? And the little red lighthouse says, Little brother, am I a brother of yours? Your light is so big, I didn't think mine was needed anymore. He was like, no, little brother. He said, I called to the ships of the air, but you are still the master 
of the sea. We are schooled to compare ourselves constantly. And what I am suggesting is that that constant comparison between the differences between me and someone else may be stopping us from the fruit and the gift of a friendship that we never knew we needed. Because it's not just that people are different, it's that people have something that we need to learn as we have something that they need to learn. We are missing stuff because we believe we're so different from people that we cannot be friends, we cannot be in relationship. Release your bias. Consider the fact that you might just be able to be friends with somebody very different from you. Third, friendships are a conduit of God's grace. They are a conduit of God's grace. There is this constant ebb and flow, giving and receiving. And we see this throughout this passage, right? This giving and this receiving, this emptying out and this filling up, this harvest and this famine. They leave Bethlehem during a famine, y'all, and they return ironically during the harvest. She says, I left full with all my family and I'm coming back, what? Empty. There's this constant ebb and flow. Now, mind you, Ruth is showing up for Naomi when Naomi cannot fully show up for her. And so sometimes this friendship thing is really like a pendulum. It swings. Just like Naomi has spent 10 years clearly pouring into her daughter, right? Later we see that Ruth actually comes to know God through Naomi. She marries through Naomi, but here Ruth is showing up. When Naomi can't give her a thing, there is a pendulum. Now, don't get me wrong. There are friendships where some people just take, 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 and never give. That's not what I'm talking about here, all right? And if you are in that kind of friendship, then it may warrant a conversation. You may need to really have a conversation and say, hey, where are my friendships where I feel like I may be giving? Is somebody sucked dry in this, or am I taking? and never offering back? Here I am talking about this mutual respect, which brings what? Mutual salvation. And it may not be even, like I may not be giving all the time at the same time, but it's a pendulum. It is an ebb and it is a flow, okay? There was a movie that some of you might remember, came out in 1989, some of you called, it was one of my daddy's favorite, it was called um, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. It was starring Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, right? And it was about a, a man named Wally, a black blind man, and a white man who was deaf, right, named Dave, who both witness a murder, but one sees it and the other hears it. And what makes the movie so incredibly comical is that they, have, they grow in their friendship because they have to depend upon one another to, to use their strengths to cover each other's deficiencies in order to reach, to be saved, and to be safe, right? And it's just a hilarious kind of thing. But the truth of the matter is that is how friendship is designed to work. That's how it's designed to work. Have you ever considered that the one thing that frustrates you the most 
in the person that you consider a friend is probably the one thing that either you were designed to help them grow in or they were designed to help you grow in. <laughs> right? That my obsessive punctuality was designed to blend with your excessive tardiness in such a way that it makes me slow down and you put a pep in your step, but brings us both to the balance of life? <laughs> I mean, have you ever considered that the thing that frustrates you the most is the area of growth? That God is saying, I am what? Giving you grace to grow. I have a good friend of mine. Um, he and his wife have been married, I don't know, 40, 45 years, and he says, Donna, he says, if my wife were not frugal, I would spend all our money, we'd be broke. He says, but if I wasn't a spender, she would never have fun. He says, but the problem is, it took us 20 years to figure that out. And that was his advice to me early on in my relationship with Dedrick. He says, don't take 20 years to figure that out. He says, just let each other balance. Let you just balance each other out. Lean into the frustration and say, what might I be missing? How might God's grace be showing up in this moment? Third and finally, well, fourth and finally, let me say fourth. I'm usually, I'm usually a three-point sermon person. So let me say fourth and finally, because it is the fourth point. Fourth, we find that God honors the devotion of a good friend. God honors the devotion of a good friend. You all, friends, press to give us what we need even when we don't know we need it. And they may not always get it right, but they keep trying anyway, right? We see Ruth doing what? Pressing Naomi. Pressing Naomi. No, I need to stay with you because you don't need to walk this road by yourself. She knew Naomi was in a dark place. No, I'm not letting you go all the way back home by yourself. And she kept trying to push away. No, I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. Yes, you do. And doggone it, where you die, I'm going to die. I'm going. Right? She pressed. Even though Naomi was pushing her away, she says, no, you can't see through your pain. And that's just it, y'all. Good friends are not afraid of our pain. They're not afraid of it. And I'm not saying, again, we're not perfect in this. We're all trying to be the best friends we can to the people in our lives. So hear this. If you are afraid or uncomfortable with someone else's pain, you are probably uncomfortable with your own. Spend some time getting in touch and doing your work so that you can be present with others. She pressed to give her what she needed. And God honored that. Naomi had pressed to give them what she felt they needed. She honestly felt, if y'all don't go back to y'all's mama's house, y'all are going to have a hard road. She was pressing to give them what she felt like they needed. And what does God do? God brings um, Naomi back to Bethlehem during a harvest, in the midst of her bitterness, 
She says, call me Mara. But if you go back and you read the whole book of Ruth, by the end of the book, um, Ruth has remarried and she has a child and she says, oh my goodness, my joy is restored. This friendship literally brought her back to herself. Why? Because her name Naomi means what? My joy. She walked back into the reality of her namesake through this friendship. God honored that. God brought her honor. And then how does God honor Ruth? Well, besides the fact that the whole book is called Ruth, y'all, and she ain't a Jew. Like, she didn't grow up a Jew. She's a Moabite, y'all. Think about that. This book ain't called Naomi. It's not called Elimelech. <laughs> right? It's not called them people who left Bethlehem. It's called Ruth. The book is named for the daughter-in-law, y'all. That's huge. But then she has a child. She marries the cousin of Naomi. She has a child, and that child is named Obed. Obed has a child named Jesse, and Jesse is the father of who? David. And who is David? He is of the lineage that births Jesus Christ. Y'all, literally her friendship, her connection to this woman in a foreign land who was very different from her, brings so much honor to her that she is able to be found in the lineage of the greatest gift known to humanity, the savior of the world. Don't take your friendships lightly. Jesus Christ, Savior of the world, who says what? I no longer call you servant, I call you what? Friend. All that I know of my Father, I offer to you. All that I have, I share with you. Jesus, who is the friend that Henry Nowen was talking about in that, in that quote at the beginning. Jesus is the one who may not be able or who may not answer all our questions exactly when we think Jesus should. But Jesus is the one who will be with us in the midst of our pain, helping us to realize that most of the things that cause us pain, we have no control over. And so Jesus will sit with us in that place and say, even though you may not have control over the pain that you always experience in this world, I can promise you that you won't be alone in it. And so Jesus walks with us, and he talks with us, and he tells us we are what? His own. And it is through this process of Jesus saying, I make you my friend. Jesus, who had 12 disciples, but who had three what? In his inner circle. It is through this process of giving and receiving of emptying out and being poured into, of harvest and famine. It is in this process of walking with Jesus and the way Jesus shows up in the friendships of the people sitting right beside you, the people that you live with, the people that you encounter in this world. Jesus shows up and walks with you through those people. And it is through this pathway that we often find ourselves having access to healing. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. God, we give you thanks and praise that you are a God who always shows up for us. But we also give you thanks and praise that you have placed us in a community with others 
who we can lean upon, who we can shoot the breeze with, who we can laugh with, but also who we can cry with and who we can lament with, who we can vent with. God, we pray that for those of us who are not yet able to see where those people have been in our life, that you will rise, um, rise them up and show us, remind us through our memories, the ways in which people have showed up for us. And show us the ways, God, that we have shown up for others. And God, help us to make very clear this commitment to being good friends. That we may be reminded that through us, you fill us and fill others with grace. That we become those conduits because you bless us through our relationships. And so, God, whatever it is that your people need in this space, whatever conversations they need to have, whatever areas they need to grow and strengthen in, God, I pray that you meet them exactly where they are. Open their eyes. Allow them to see what they have not been able to see. Allow us all to be able to hold this thing together. Because, God, we believe wholeheartedly that when we are on one accord, operating in one um, in one communica communication and being able to speak one language, that there is nothing that we will be able to, um, there is nothing that we won't be able to overcome. And so bind us to one another as friends, as we are family, that we might shake up this world and that we might be co-laborers with you in the redemption of the world that you love so much. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.